The MomCast is brought to you by Mid-Ohio Pediatrics and Adolescents and by Advanced Aesthetic and Laser Surgery. Mom! Mama! Mommy! It's the MomCast with your hosts, Mindy Dreher, Michaela Hunt, and Stacy McKay. Mom, I need you! It is hard to believe this is actually our Christmas episode. And I know. we are so excited that you are here, Mindy, Michaela, myself, Thank you for making MomCast a part of your holidays. And we hope as you're traveling, you know, podcasts can go anywhere. So if you are traveling for the holidays and maybe seeing family outside of Ohio where we are, please share MomCast with your family members. I listen to it when I'm cleaning around the house. When you're cleaning? I like to travel and listen to it. Travel and listen. And Mm -hmm. I like to listen to it when I'm having a relaxing morning. Unlike this morning when I was drinking OJ out of a stemless wine glass. What? (laughs) What? Did you not? That was the kind of morning it was. So this morning was not a mom cast morning. I like to listen. I like to think about it. And tonight, this morning was not one of those mornings. Okay. What happened? Um, the holidays okay. and you know just build up. Sure. I think I'm there right now. I it feel like I have crazy. loose ends to tie up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been good about not overcommitting. I, I feel like in the next couple of weeks. How about you all? I think I've done okay. I actually got some wrapping done last night, which nice. for me. That's the most stressful thing. I don't know why that is, but wrapping presents. And I don't like to just stick them all in bags. I do love Christmas bags. They're my friend. Um, but I like to wrap some of them. So it you took me a couple of hours. And... Because kids like to unwrap. Yeah. You know, instead of just opening a bag. Right. It seems a little more fun to tear mm-hmm. into the paper. Um, had my last, uh, what do you call it, a Christmas concert at the kids' school. Yeah. Because Cammie's obviously in eighth grade, so that was last night. Beautiful, beautiful ceremony, but it kind of just all comes together. You think, wow, this is my last one. We've been doing these for nine years in a row. Well, she needs to play an instrument or sing when she hits high school. Like I said, this is her last. (laughs) (laughs) So you're sad, but not that sad. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think she enjoys singing, but when you get to high school, that'll be probably pretty good if you want to join those elite singing groups. Well, she could. Like I said, this uh, Cameron, oh, God love her. I okay. love her. Kyle, Kylan could probably sing a little bit. You know, he could probably do it, but I just don't think that's Cammy's cup of Cammy, softball and basketball. <laughs> Stick to it. Oh, yeah. And we had the basketball game, Kylan's basketball game. Nah. Talked about it last week that he'd start his first actual high school and? basketball game. And he missed every single three-pointer that he shot. Aww. And that's his role on the team. He's a shooter. Aww, well, but it's his first It's game. his first. That's yeah. right. And you know what? There's 21 more games he's going to get a chance to shoot those. Yeah. And I've got it all on tape because I'm you? with my phone. And we it, tweeted out so one close. of the pictures. That MomCast show. We got something up. Yeah. They yeah. were so close and I was dying. I'm like, this, this one's in. Nope. Aww. So I'll never forget his first high school basket. Well, basketball game for the freshman team. Liv is just played her first now and now her second basketball game in her entire life. And she made every I shot. I saw that. She didn't. She oh. made a she made a shot in warm up, but she is her mother's child. Now I actually look at me at five foot three. I played basketball. We talked about that, and I was actually not bad. I just didn't. I was too short. Were you um, a point guard? You'd be but, a perfect point guard. But I told her I was quick. I could get the ball right. and I could pass and every once in a while shoot, you know, in a pinch. So, but this kid. Couldn't block any shots though. You know, she has known me now later as more of a girly girl and not, yes. you know. So my kid, you could you could tell which one was mine. She'd get the ball and she would kind of skip, you know, and it was, oh, she was like so flourishing, funny. you know, and not 
looking like a baller at all. That she should have had a tutu on instead. Skipping right. down, and there was only one other little gal on the team like her, and they both, like, the way they threw the ball, it was like, oh! You know, it made a little, you know... <laughs> but by the second game... Visual. By the second game, it was all gone. She was... She's catching on. Oh, so, nice. Well, they all will get those second games. They get the second one in the third, and in a few games, he probably will make all of his shots. But it was fun just to watch him on that court as a Hartley Hawk. You know, it was sure. very, very meaningful. My mom came. My sister came. My nieces came. My mom couldn't help but cry because she couldn't believe Kylan was out there as a high schooler. You know, it's yeah. it's very it's it's Aww. very cool thing. That's so nice. concerts, games, OJ and stemless wine glasses. <laughs> it's been a busy week. Mm-hmm. And on our mom cast today, we should probably tell you about that. We got Santa. Now he's hugely busy, so we oh, will yeah. try to squeeze him in. Yeah, you might be surprised to hear what Santa's saying about the kids this year. Yeah. No, I was yeah. surprised. And then also, uh, we're going to be talking food banks. What you don't think about this time of year really is the kids who are leaving school who don't have a lot of options at home when it comes to meals. So we'll talk about how to best support food banks in that kind of way because there will be extra stress on them this holiday. And we'll talk holiday traditions, some of our favorites and some of our kids' favorites. Um, We all have those that, you know, every year they just mean that that's what makes the holiday special. Hello, Merry Christmas. Well, Hi, good Santa. Morning. morning. Oh, my gosh. We're talking to Santa. Well, and this is the thing. I haven't talked to Santa so far this December, so this, this is a first for me, Santa, this month. <laughs> what are you delaying for? <laughs> good question. <laughs> hey, Santa, that was Michaela. So the big question is, she naughty or nice this Stop. year? Stop. She's always nice. Oh. Oh, thank you, Santa. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Santa, we it's Stacy, and we know you're very busy, so thank you for taking a moment with us. We're just really curious, how have the kids been this year? Can you make a like a general overall compared to year to year? How are they doing this year? Well, some of them seem like they're a little bit more scared of Santa this year than they have been in the past. Really? So we're we're hoping that's just kind of Early jitters. Maybe. <laughs> there always there's always a few that are afraid of Santa. And there's a lot of a there's pressure to perform when you get up there and you need to give that list sometimes. And then there's this guy with this big white beard. So are they more the younger? The younger kids, maybe yeah. two and three yeah. years old? The younger ones are more seem to be more timid than the older ones this Aww. year. Aww. They shouldn't be scared of Santa. How, how is Libby doing? Is she all excited about Christmas? She <laughs> is, Santa. Thank you for asking. She just loves seeing you. Yeah, she's very excited this year. And I and I will say, I hope you can back that up. She's been a pretty good kid this year. Santa, when kids are sitting on your lap this year, what are they asking for the most? Well, Hatchables is an incredible gift this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can we're, he even get them? We're making those as fast as we can make them. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was See, I say. have older kids. I don't even know what those are. Those are those are for younger kids, the Hatchimals. What are yeah. they? They're like they're, little they're eggs. They're like a Furby and an egg, and they, they hatch out have, of that egg yeah, like a real to, bird. You have to do things to make them hatch. <laughs> do they talk like Furbies? Yeah, at the end they okay. do talk like Furbies. Do you remember, yeah. um, I, Santa, is it called, is it Tago? Tagamagachis. It's like a combination of Tamagotchi. the fir- Thank you, yeah. Stacy. Yes, it's a combination of those. Just so you have to take care of it. You know, it's yes. like your baby. <laughs> yeah, yes. but it's hard to find. <laughs> and so. feed them, and yeah, talk to them, them, and pet them. 
<laughs> yeah, and you will, if you haven't gotten them from Santa, you will have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, Santa, how do you do it all this year? You're, you know, making toys at the North Pole. You're letting kids sit on your lap. You're delivering, you know, on Christmas Eve. How do you get it all done? Well, it's a matter of having the right people in the right place with every organization. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Now, what would you say to kids? What should they do? Well, they should have their list and be ready and and not be quite so timid about letting me know what they like to have. So put themselves <laughs> out there. Okay. Well, so Santa, um, my six-year-old Logan, he may be asking for a reprieve. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. We, um, we always accept letters in in the mail as well, and we're online now. Ooh. Where there's so many ways of contacting me now. Well, there is a... And the Elf there, on the Shelf is a wonderful way. Well, let's talk about Elf on the Shelf for just a second. Our Elf, Elvis, has um, disappeared. Elvis? He has. Elvis the Elf Elvis has disappeared. The elf on the shelf. Yeah, um, because of behavior in the last few days at school. Um, so that's oh, why I Logan see. may be asking for a reprieve, and I just kind of wanted to get in your ear ahead of time because I think there's going to be some apologies headed your way soon. Oh, that's great. We love apologies. And all we <laughs> ask is for them to try. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, overall, if you had to rate the kids naughty or nice, overall, of course... In Central Ohio this year, what would you say? <laughs> They're nice. They're nice. Okay, good. Really? Because I substitute teach. I think I see a different group of kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Santa, thanks for your time on the phone. We appreciate well, it today. thank you so much for having me. And I, I appreciate it so much. I always have time for you ladies. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, Santa. And if you can't Merry leave something Christmas. under the tree for us. Yeah, we'll try would, at our best. That would be oh, nice. Do you deliver wine? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Santa to does. the parents. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to all of you ladies and everyone out there listening. I hope you have a great day and a wonderful Christmas. Well, Christmas is all about traditions and and the holidays themselves. Maybe you celebrate a different holiday, but um most of us growing up remember traditions, or maybe we've started new ones with our own immediate families, you know, as we have our own children. So that's what we want to talk about, some of our favorite traditions. And, you know, you can always let us know about yours, too. We would love hearing about them on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, or on Instagram. Maybe you can add some pictures as well. So, Mindy, we'll start with you. Tell us about your favorite Christmas tradition. Well, obviously, it's all about family, but try to be a little different and there's no doubt my favorite Christmas tradition is this book that I'm holding right here. It's called Santa Mouse, Where Are You? And I have had this book. I can't remember never not having it. I mean, if you turn the pages, it's ripped, wow. it's torn, oh it's tattered, it's taped. It's loved. It is loved. That's, that's and right. And I have the whole thing memorized because oh. every year when we get this out, I would always grab it and read it. And I, I just memorized it. So that was the one thing that I wanted to pass down to my kids because I love Santa Mouse. Santa's how he's like um, he's like Santa's buddy is who Santa's Santa Mouse it. is. Mm-hmm. And while Santa Mouse takes gifts and puts them under the tree, Santa Mouse gets little gifts and climbs up in the tree. And every year he leaves his presents in a yellow ribbon. And that's how you know it's from Santa Mouse. You have to put a yellow light, a highlight on the top of the tree. So Santa Mouse can see. It's all in the book. And the neatest thing about it, Stacey and Michaela, mm-hmm. every year I would get a present from Santa Mouse. Even now that I'm 48 years old, 
and I go over to my mom's house for Christmas. You still get a gift. I still look in that tree to see if Santa Mouse remembered me, and he does every year. Every well, he tied should. with the yellow look, ribbon. You love him. So that's, that, that's awesome. honestly that's my. <laughs> how can it not be? I mean, right. I'm 48 years old. I'm still getting gifts mm-hmm. from Santa Mouse. Published in 1968. That's the year wow. I was born. That was the year you were born. That's what okay. I'm talking about. Yes. And it has that old book smell. Oh, there's no that doubt. I love so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah, no, this is, it has been well-loved, Mindy. Yes. Now, your traditions, Michaela, what are, what is your favorite? We had a really special tradition with my family that I loved, and it involves a trip, actually. Um, you know, I grew up in what would be considered a small town to many. I mean, it, there were 80,000 people in the town, so I don't think it's small, but compared to a Columbus, Ohio, it is. And so my dad, each year, when we got to be about, I would say I was probably 11 or 12 years old, each year we would go to Chicago, and we would get Christmas spending money, and we would go to see a show. And, you know, at one of the theaters there in town, so Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat mm-hmm. or Phantom of the Opera. I mean, can you imagine being an 11 or 12-year-old being able to do that? And we would get together with my family that live in, you know, more northern Illinois, and they would come into town. And we would all go to, like, a big family dinner with my mom's side of the family who all lived up there. And that was just Christmas. That was a part of Christmas. You know, you stay in the hotel. Um, you go out to the suburbs to open gifts. So that was a tradition that I really love and that I miss because I live further away and everybody's grown up and had their own families. What a great memory. But, oh, I know. That's awesome. To be introduced to, you know, theater when you're 11 or 12 and to appreciate a really great musical. And wow. so she had the theater. I had a book. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, I, I, you know, I appreciate the fact we had, a, but we had the Norman Rockwell book, which would be a, sec, a secondary one that I love. And we would perform out of it and do things. But like the thing that really stuck with me, I mean, I have a copy of that book, but I'm choosing this since you chose a book, okay. um, would be that, the Chicago trip. Mm-hmm. All about, right, Stace. How about you're you? Up. Yeah. All right, well, as you know, my father is a retired minister. Right. So growing up, a big part of our family tradition was Christmas Eve service at church. And so we would all um, perform or do something for Christmas Eve service because it would be difficult to get someone to commit to do that. We would get people that would want to come, but, oh, in case we're traveling, you know, a lot of families wouldn't want to commit. So it was always kind of up to us girls, there are three of us, and we would do something on Christmas Eve for our Christmas Eve candlelight service. So that kind of started it. And because of that, when I was very little, Santa, I don't know how, but Santa would come on Christmas Eve. Santa did not come Christmas morning because we would be spending Christmas morning with either my mom or dad's family. So you're one of his first stops. Right. So Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve, Santa would come while we were at candlelight service. So we would come home and I remember being so excited, but my dad would always stop. And it just, it's still, we still do it. Um, We'd all sit down and he'd say a few words and then he would read uh, the Christmas story out of Luke and we would do that before we would do anything else. He would say, we need to stop. Everybody calm down. You're excited, but... Christmas presents are great, and Santa's a wonderful, wonderful guy, but this is why we're here. And so he would read that. And I will tell you now, um, we still, we get together on Christmas Eve. My family, my family, we celebrate on Christmas Eve, um, which is convenient now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that right. um, we have other families to to spend time with too, but we all get together. And since my dad retired, we have our own candlelight service. We get the candles and everything. All the kids do something. 
whether it's read a poem, sing a song, play something on the piano. It's very old fashioned. And then my dad reads the Christmas story. And my dad in previous years has lost most of his eyesight. And so it has become much more poignant for us. But of course, he knows it. Of course. He knows it. Of course. And But he gets the Bible out and puts it there and reads it every single year. And the kids gather around. It used to be us. Now it's the grandkids all pile on whatever chair or couch he is sitting on. And they read it. And it's it's just a precious thing for us. It's not Special. Christmas until we do that. And then... The presents opening yeah. commence after That's that. Awesome. Then, you the know, all the paper and the That's tearing. awesome. But you know what? Christmas, when we become parents, it's not about us mm-hmm. so much anymore. It's about our kids. So we wanted to find out, without even knowing, are we creating Christmas traditions that we haven't even thought about that our kids already think of? So we thought we would ask them. So we would go, what, do you want to go oldest to youngest? Should we do that? Sure. sure. All right. So we will begin with Kylan. And then Cameron. I'm more of a traditionalist person. I love tradition. I love everything about it. So when when I think about Christmas, I always think about going to Gaga's and going over to my grandma's house to see all the presents underneath the tree, uh, along with seeing all my family underneath the tree as we open it. I think it's just a cool experience. We're all in the one place. We're not arguing. Everybody's joyful and excited to see what they get. You know, it's just a funny environment to be in. And I love it every year. It's more of a tradition thing because we go in a specific order. Someone's always trying to get the last present. It's fun. It's just a fun experience that I'm glad to be a part of. My favorite Christmas tradition would have to be every year putting up the ornaments on the tree as a family. Because there's so many ornaments and we each have our own that hold different memories and it's neat to reflect on them. Like I have ones with my initial and Kyle has ones with his. And we have ones of a family of different kind of animals with our names on them. Or my grandma every year gets me one. Or we make our own a lot from preschool. And it's just neat because we often forget about all these ornaments. And each year we open them up. And it's just so neat to reflect on and see everything from the past. And my daughter Olivia is 10. And uh, this is her favorite Christmas tradition. I like that we get to go to Aunt Terry's every year and get all of our presents on Christmas Eve, and I like that we can get presents before Christmas. (laughs) And also every year, Dad gets us, me and Mom, matching PJs. Wow, and that's fun, isn't it? Yeah. We always take a picture. Yeah. That's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, tradition taking pictures. (laughs) My kids really weren't quite sure at least one of them christian wasn't sure what a christmas tradition is you know he's, he's four yeah. yeah it's it's hard to understand that but i i he tried probably to probably hardly say tradition he, he he could hardly say tradition yeah. um so that you should know that before you hear his response and logan the polar express just remember is not just a book in our lives it's an actual place my favorite family tradition would be the um the polar express because the first reason is that it has hot chocolate. The second reason is that you can play in the snow once you get there. The third reason is because you can... Isn't it the elves that play in the snow? We don't play in the snow. The elves play in the snow, okay. right? And the third reason is because Santa's there and you get to see him and give him a long wave. Um, I like to go places at... And of, of the beautiful places of Christmas Day. 
Beautiful Places Christmas Day. Are there any in particular ones that you really like? Can you yes. think of any specific ones? Yes. Um, Subway. Subway. During the holiday season, you know, we are blessed mm-hmm. to have turkey and all the trimmings on our table. And I think there's been times where we have donated to food banks for the holiday dinner itself. Have you guys done that before? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I don't think people sometimes consider is a lot of children are leaving school for the holiday season. They'll be off for about two weeks, 10 days. And these are children who get their breakfast and lunch at school. Right. And so I don't think we consider it. And I think it's it's something we wanted to talk about to kind of open your eyes to those of you out there who hadn't considered it. So we wanted to have a conversation today about that here on MomCast. And we are pleased to be able to have the executive director for the Ohio Association of Food Banks, Lisa Hamler Fugit, here on the phone with us uh, this morning. So, Lisa, thank you for the time and just like teaching us and educating us about this situation. Well, thank you, Michaela, and thanks for your support, your generosity, but your interest in childhood hunger. One in four children in our great state are hungry or at risk of hunger, and those children and their families depend very heavily on our school-based nutrition programs, such as school breakfast and lunch, as you shared. During this holiday season, we're, we often get caught up in, in the parties, the commitments, the obligations that we have in trying to provide for a special holiday season for our own families. And there's great work that's happening out across the state from school food service operators. We have backpack programs that we do where families Um, The children receive uh, shelf-stable food, so the children have something to eat over the weekends. Some of our schools are doubling up on those backpacks during the holiday break. So that's what There's, I was curious about, yeah. Lisa. So that's what, So if you're talking one in four kids are struggling mm-hmm. with this, you know, what is it that we can do that helps directly? Because obviously a lot of us donate to food banks, but are, can we donate directly to these backpack programs? I mean, what are some of the things we can do um, and kind of aid and assist in the areas that are already going strong? Well, thank you very much for asking that. Backpack programs are completely privately funded. No state or federal funds are available to support those programs, and we literally have hundreds of thousands of programs that require specialized purchases of food. A support of these backpack programs with your local food bank so they can provide for the host organizations, primarily schools. We're seeing more schools open up school-based food pantries to be able to serve not only the children but the families of the children who are attending those schools. Uh, Supporting your local charities, our food pantries, our soup kitchens, and our food banks. During this holiday season, there is greater demand than we've ever seen before for more food to feed more people. So I could go to my local food bank and say directly to them, is there a backpack program and how do I donate to it directly? Absolutely, and you might be surprised that in your own schools, backpack programs exist. Do reach out to the school guidance counselor, the principal. You might be surprised that a backpack program operates in your own child's school. But, you know, children are most vulnerable citizens. They don't choose to be born uh, in families that lack resources through a job loss, a death, Um, a divorce. Children are the ones that suffer. 
And when we see childhood hunger and the elevated rates that we do now, that means that that child is losing educational opportunities. And a child who isn't well-educated often grows up to be an adult who struggles to be able to earn. And for the generation that's going to support all of us in our old age, we want to make sure that every child has access to the most basic of all human needs, and that's food. How do the children or their families get the assistance? In other words, does the school mention this to them, or how do they know it's available for families that might be listening? Maybe they know somebody, or maybe they're in that situation um, where their kids are going to be missing out on these meals How do they find out about it? You know, it might be a teacher in the classroom who notices that a child is lethargic, uh, complaining that their stomach, uh, they have a stomach ache or that uh, they have a headache. They may be going to the nurse's um, station. And what we find out and questioning the child is that they haven't eaten. Uh, then it's up to those at the school level to start to ask questions about what's happened in that situation. Are they lacking access to food? Is food insecurity in the house? And then reaching out to the parents to say that help is available. And again, these children are already at nutritional risk, meaning that they're depending on the free lunch and breakfast programs in the school. So again, it's a community effort. It's a school-based effort to make sure that the children that they've identified have access. A lot of schools also, like I said, we're seeing more schools open up school-based food pantries because of rising hunger and food insecurity in their communities. It's connecting them to, to local food pantries where they may be able to get support. Often it's the new poor, individuals who've never had to ask for help for themselves and their children before who don't know where to turn. Oh, well, Lisa, uh, thank you. I mean, again, I think it's pretty eye-opening. I don't think it's something that we consider necessarily during this time of year. We're thinking about giving back in other ways, but I don't think this always is first and foremost in folks' minds. So um, it's it's good to know a little bit more. And it sounds like just asking the question. I love the fact that I could go to Brown Elementary and say, hey, you know, do you guys have this program? How can I help directly? It feels like a very direct way to be able to do that. And if not them, to go to my local food banks and ask the question. Yes, and and again, what I would strongly suggest that your listeners um, do a little research. All of this information is available. You might be surprised at the number of children who are have low incomes and whose families are eligible for the National School Lunch and Breakfast Program. That data is available through the Ohio Department of Education for every school building in the state of Ohio. And again, you might be surprised at the elevated rates of hungry children in your own community. Well, hopefully we can help for the holidays. Lisa, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, and happy holidays to you. Yep, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So the other day, Michaela and I were honored to speak at MOPS. If you don't know what MOPS stands for, Mothers of Preschool Kids. Right, right. And we just thought there were so many people there. So a couple of uh, them asked Michaela and I some questions. They listened to MomCast, and we talked to one individual mom particularly. Her name is Lauren Pizzoli, and this is her question for us. What kind of advice can you give me on raising a strong-willed six-year-old little girl who's just like me? So what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> Six years old. This is where you go to your pediatrician and you say, what do you have to say about this? Well, if you remember, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, 
I was asking you guys the same type of question because of Cammie and right. I weren't really exactly. seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Fola from Mid-Ohio Pediatrics and Adolescents, and she answered it perfectly because she said, you know what, this is normal. That, you know, parenting is tough love sometimes. And if your kids aren't always loving you, then you're doing it right. Because they shouldn't always love everything you do because it's tough love. But Dr. Fulop had said, make sure that you reach a common denominator, kind of find some common ground. And the one thing that Cameron and I have tried to do is instead of a date night with Randy and me, sometimes Cammie and I will just go out, just us two, and do our own thing if it's going shopping or grabbing a bite to eat or something. So if you can find a little common ground together and not pick as much, because I have not, I've kind of let up on that, don't pick as much. And this is what this mom is going to try too. But Kayla, you're right. Go to your pediatrician and they will have advice as well. They don't just handle the health issues. Mm-hmm. If you have a cold or the flu, I know that's the way it is with the doctors at Mid-Ohio Pediatrics and Adolescents. And they are available to talk to you as well. 614-899-0000. So we got our first snow and we got a lot of it. And then we got a lot of cold weather. It was in the teens just last week. And with that, our skin changes. And I know you ladies know what I'm talking about. Dry, flaky. And sometimes the regimen that we have doesn't work as well in the winter. And that's where advanced aesthetic and laser surgery here in Columbus, Ohio, comes into play. Dr. McMahon and his team, they really do a great job taking a look at your skin and what you need when it comes to your regimen that you do and also other things you can do to kind of amp up the moisture that you're retaining during the year, this part of the year. So again, if you're having struggles, give them a call, 614-453-6841. Again, that's 614-453-6841. Do your skin a favor now that wintertime is here. Well, the last thing that we wanted to close with, you know, being Christmas, you're going to be spending a lot of time, hopefully, with kids, no matter what their age, even grandkids in some cases, family members, I found this to be interesting. Uh, There was a study that came out. (laughs) When I first saw the headline, I kind of thought, what? That can't be right. If you look a little closer, maybe you'll see it. But they basically said this. uh, and This was a Princeton Stony Brook study. They said that your significant other brings you more overall well-being in your life than children do. And they also said that while... Having a child or children will boost your happiness level. That happiness wears off and actually fades away after about a year. It only lasts about a year. And then after that, having children has no positive influence on your well-being in your life. Wow. So, I mean, at first you think, now, wait a minute. I mean, children bring joy. They're full of love and, you know, life is wonderful with your children. I'll be honest with you. I can't imagine my life without my kids. Seriously, think back. Do you remember what your life was like without your kids? Well, see, I was, kids? I lived a long time <laughs> without mine. Well, I did, so I do remember, but I wouldn't trade it. So, I'm, you know, I'm not saying there aren't rough times, but to me, it was just a miraculous, wonderful, blessed thing. So for me, I look at that study and say... I mean, nothing against my husband, whom I love dearly <laughs> and brings me great joy. They both bring me joy. Mm-hmm. But but if you think about this from, okay, 
for about a year, you're happier with after post having a child, according to this study that we're talking about. And then do you think about the other part of it being happier with your partner and your relationship overall? I mean, it is a push and a pull when it comes to relationships after you have a kid sometimes. And I think right. we could all probably agree on that. I mean, I have a very supportive husband who has been amazing. And I know you two do as well, especially after having Logan and Christian. But your relationship suffers some. I think after you have a baby, because all of the interest and all of the focus is on raising this little thing, right? And Mm -hmm. taking care of it. So I can see why this would be the case, because that push and that pull after that first year, you're kind of all in awe. But for the rest of their lives, or at least until they leave the house, you are going to be there trying to like help them out. But your husband or your spouse, your partner is also wants your help, too. So I could see I could see why. The study is what it is. I actually can see the reason. See, Randy and I, I guess, look at it like we're a team. We're together raising Kyla and Cameron. But I have to say this. We also have four dogs. And I feel like I'm a mom to those dogs just as much as those kids. And I tell people all the time, I like my dogs more than my kids because they don't argue with me. They come to me the very first time I ask them, you know, Hoops, come here. Or it's Kyla and Cameron. Kyla, do this. Cam, do this. I said, you know, Mm -hmm. but I would say this. Kids bring a lot more worry. I worry and I stress with the kids a lot more than with Randy. I just do. That's a mother's job almost to worry about them. Are they happy? Are they okay? Um, If someone does something mean to your child. But are you less satisfied? No. No, but but it does make me worry more because of them. And I don't worry about Randy. Well, no. No, but I mean, I'm not saying that Marcus and I aren't a team because we are, but we're a team with the kids. But when it comes to giving to each other, there's always going to be that push and pull. So that's why I kind of yeah, get this study I agree because with that. I don't know if I always put him first, right? Mm-hmm. I put Logan and Christian first, and sometimes it's stressful because of the demands and the needs, right? And that's, so that's a why question I, think I right. get this study. I well, get- and that's the thing. At some point, we all know the kids leave, and then they're maybe you are. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point, most kids will leave and start out on their 50. own and then have their own families. And then there's grandchildren, which is wonderful, too. Right. But at there you are. You are with your spouse. You are with your significant other. And so there has to be something there, you know, because that's that relationship started before the kids right and it continues yep. not that you don't have a relationship with your kids once they leave because of course you do but it's just different. it continues after and that's the one person that you tend to really show your true self to i mean we try to guard around our kids i think even as they become adults i know my parents don't give me the straight scoop on their health or what they're feeling about certain things but we do tell our spouse or our, our significant other, right? So I agree with that. I see what they're yep. saying, but I, I can't say that the well-being in my life would only last a year because I that part, that's the part I don't see. But I, I do agree, people who don't have children and especially people who can't have children, you can have a wonderful, dog. fulfilling lives. I do believe <laughs> or that. Or four dogs. And, <laughs> and completely understand that. I wouldn't want anyone to think you can't have a wonderful life if you don't have children. Right. Absolutely not. That no. isn't necessarily the case. So I can see it. And I think if you ask parents whatever their kid's age is, has a lot to do with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Stacey, yeah. you hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> but right. you are right about you. You. Oh, my gosh. You celebrate their victories. 
you cry with them. You they are, they are my life, really. Right. And I can't imagine. I don't know. I just think that they bring me just as much joy as Randy does, and vice versa. We're all we're in it together. Mm-hmm. Well, and we hope you get a lot of joy this Christmas season and beyond. We hope you just have many wonderful moments of sharing and loving your family this Christmas season. We wish you the very best. Yeah, yep. truly do. So Merry Christmas. Enjoy those holidays. Seems so funny to say, but you guys are right. Merry Christmas.